0: There's a spirit in our land Raising up the kind of man With a burning in his heart To be free Like the preacher men of old He can't be bought He can't be sold What did they preach? They preached liberty who love their liberty. Liberty to exercise all their God-given rights granted right them at the time of their birth. The right to speak their arms and pray, worship God on land and, and say, from bad law we will keep our people free. Through the jury we'll guard our liberty. called the king into accounting for his disregard of law told their people not to yield before his threats for god established rulers to protect the rights of man and ordained government to fit into his plan to maintain his people's liberty liberty to exercise all that them at the time of their birth. The right to speak their arms and pray, worship God and land and say, from their law we will keep our people free. Ooh. Through the Jewry we'll guard our liberty. Preacher men today to show our people the way to redeem their lost liberty. The fires of hell cannot prevail against one man who'll take a stand from the cold death, exposed tyranny. We will keep our people free. Through the jury we'll guard our liberty. Liberty to exercise all that God-given rights, granted them at the time of their birth. The right to speak their arms and pray, worship God on land and say, this jury says, ooh, not guilty, we choose to acquit. The state was wrong. To charge him this law is not fit for a people who love their liberty. For a people who will die for liberty. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and
1: welcome to the Voice of Liberty. This is Rick Tyler thanking you for tuning in and for your continued interest in in the truth, because after all, it is the truth that sets men free. Lies, of course, facilitate bondage, and truth liberates. And of course, truth seekers throughout time and history have known this. I often like to point out to people that even though we are outmanned, outfinanced, outgunned, really in a worldly sense, we are very, very much overwhelmed by the forces of evil that inundate our world today. But there's one thing that we possess that they do not possess, they will never possess, nor do they even have the capacity to avail themselves of. And that, of course, just happens to be the most powerful force and weapon in the universe, and I'm speaking of the truth. You can't put a price tag on truth. All the wealth in the world, if one could ever accumulate or amass it, would not in any way amount to the value of truth. And please understand that the yearning within the heart and within the mind to know the truth and the willingness to sacrifice in the acquisition of the same, these are gifts from God Almighty. You cannot take credit yourself for being a truth seeker. If it is within your heart and within your mind, within your being at its innermost depths, to be a seeker of truth, to be a person who is willing to to lay everything on the line to do what that well-to-do young influential person in the time of Christ was unwilling to do in that well-known account. He was not willing, but if you are willing to lay everything down, even your life itself, then that is indicative of a calling upon your life. Something that is of Supernatural origin that you cannot take credit for. Knowledge puffeth up, the scripture says, but there's a difference between someone who simply wants to be a purveyor of knowledge so that they can wallow in self-gratification and pride versus the individual who genuinely and truly loves the truth and is willing to scale the highest mountains or traverse the widest oceans in pursuit of the truth. Now, as we have talked about previously, we do have a consolation in knowing that, and I'm speaking of a consolation in terms of the overwhelming and often seemingly superior odds that we're up against. We have a consolation in terms of our ironclad knowledge, of our knowing that ultimately, everything will be revealed. In fact, if we were going to title this message today, it would be, Nothing Shall Be Hid. Luke chapter 8, verse 17 says, For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid. That shall not be known and come abroad. Now, notice in that passage that we have a reference to secrets. Yes, wicked men love to keep secrets. They will go through elaborate charades to preserve their secrets. They will pontificate and they will posture as though things which they know are false are actually true. With a straight face, they will feign humility. They will feign sorrow. They will feign patriotism and love of country when in fact and reality, and in reality, they are sold out to an alien treasonous, traitorous agenda. And there's nothing new under the sun. This has been the case throughout, certainly, the entire history of America. But not only that, this has been the case throughout history in general, the history of our people, the history of civilization. There have always been the Machiavellian types who gravitate toward the centers of power, that they might amass unto themselves vast sums of earthly wealth, that they might accrue unto themselves great power over their fellow man. And in order to achieve this status, they will lie, they will cheat, they will steal, they will murder, they will enslave, They will do whatever is necessary to achieve and maintain their illicit grip on worldly wealth and power. But the secrets that they keep amongst themselves in their evil fraternity, and of course they go under a multiplicity of names in pursuit of their dark deeds, But the secrets that they maintain in order to enjoy this sadistic power and control, as well as the vast wealth that they control, the secrets that they keep are all going to be exposed. God will shine the searchlight of exposition on all of the machinations of the forces of evil in the fullness of time. There will be nothing that they can do. The devices and the mechanisms that they historically and typically employ will fall short and will be woefully inadequate in the face of a righteous God who is all-knowing and all-powerful. Yes, there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And, of course, these minions of hell, these servants of Satan, they, of course, will, in perpetuity for eternity, they will experience a judgment and a damnation that is incomprehensible to the human mind. All God can do is give us metaphors to give us a glimpse of the horror that awaits the wicked, or those who reject him, his truth, and his plan for eternity. Yes, nothing will be hid. Everything will be exposed. And that should be an exhilarating, a rewarding, and a comforting understanding and realization on the part of our people today. Because In this present state of affairs that we find ourselves in, there's not a whole lot to be enthused about. We are a nation, and of course a civilization, that is reeling under the weight of the sin that, collectively speaking, as a people, we have exhibited and committed. Like Lamentations says, Our fathers have sinned and are no more, and we have borne their iniquity. You see, our fathers, our grandfathers, our great-grandfathers, our great-great-grandfathers, our great-great-great-grandfathers, they have sinned. And, of course, especially over the last 100 years, we have seen an accentuated trajectory of sin that has caused Circumstances to envelop us, which make us well-deserving of chastisement, of judgment, of damnation as a people, collectively speaking, as a nation, as a civilization. We have, of course, for close to a half of a century... We have tolerated, and by extension, we have sanctioned the murder of the unborn in America. Silence, of course, is consent. And when you have the absolute, undeniable, irrefutable knowledge that every day in abortuaries around the nation, innocent, unborn children are being murdered, are being massacred, in sometimes incalculable numbers and you don't rise to the occasion to pull out all the proverbial stops and do everything within your power to stop this dreadful and horrific process, then it can certainly be rightfully stated that the blood is on your hands. And the blood is on our hands as a nation, as a people, because we have looked the other way, in the other direction, and we have allowed the aborticide to go on for close to a half of a century. The R.V. Wade decision in the 1970s, 73, this Supreme Court decision certainly ranks at the very apex or pinnacle of utterly corrupt court decisions by the Supreme Court of the American system of government. How did this happen? Well, it didn't happen in a vacuum and it didn't happen overnight. First, there had to be justices, so-called, on that Supreme Court who were capable of this this cold-blooded, cruel, decision-making process that would unleash a torrent of murder across the land of the most innocent among us. The Proverbs tell us that God hates hands that shed innocent blood. And if he hates their hands, you can rest assured he hates the rest of them also. Hands that shed innocent blood We are told in Scripture that God hates that. And yet, we have allowed these Supreme Court justices to get away with this horrific deed. Now, very often, the Dred Scott decision is equated with Roe versus Wade by pro-life people. And just as a brief aside, I want to say that that is a gross error of historical understanding. Dred Scott in no way was analogous to Roe v. Wade. Dred Scott did not, first of all, sanction the murder of anybody. But secondarily, Dred Scott simply represented the Supreme Court of that time stating the categorical and absolute truth as to the founding stock of America and the obvious and clear-cut intent on the part of the progenitors of America as to whom the continuing stock of the country would consist of. So again, anyone who tries to equate Dred Scott with Roe versus Wade is making an intellectually dishonest comparison that doesn't begin to measure up to the standards of truth, well-researched truth. But again, getting back to the, the judgment that America is under, and we are under judgment, make no mistake about it. Deuteronomy 28 stipulates and gives a litany of the blessings and curses that God's Israel people, his true Israel people, not counterfeit Israel, his true Israel people will be on the receiving end of, according to the manner in which they deal with his instructions, his law, his statutes, his judgments. And one can read Deuteronomy 28 and very readily see what is happening in our contemporary circumstances Yes, the stranger that is among us has risen up above us. He has become the head and we have become the tail. And we are only scratching the surface of the persecution, the hatred, the hostility that is slated to be directed toward us by an alien, heathen people that our God has allowed to rise up among us in order to drive us to our knees in repentance. Yes, Roe versus Wade was an egregious signpost along the descending road towards depravity and destruction, but there were others as well emanating from the Supreme Court. Brown versus Board of Education being one. What a dreadful Supreme Court decision Brown versus Board of Education was. For it was this decision that ultimately led to the compulsory integration of the school system in America. Now, as an aside on this note, there never should have been, nor should there be today, a school system such as what we have in America. Because the 10th plank of Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto mandates a public school system and compulsory attendance on the part of all children. Yes, in order to have communism, you must have free uh, public education for all children. And the Founding Fathers and the Constitution certainly never would have envisioned this type of a school, or educational system. And yet, this is what we have had for better than a century, well better than a century, and it has now taken its toll to the extent that the school system in America and other uh, Western nations, we might add, these school systems have become factories for brainwashing, They have become centers of deception and disinformation instead of what they are supposedly and ostensibly intended to be, which would be centers of learning and knowledge and education. And of course, so-called higher education is the epitome of brainwashing and mind-scrubbing and propagandizing and destroying whatever faith that the student body might arrive on campus with. Yes, these so-called educational institutions, they have become so corrupted, so polluted, that their takedown, their dissolution has become a virtual mandate. There is no way that there can be any semblance or modicum of restoration in America or in Western civilization as long as we languish under the torturous and horrific systems of supposed education that are predominant today. Again, we are under judgment. We're under an acute form of chastisement and damnation. The scripture says that Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The scripture says that righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach. And we are up to our eyeballs in sin. Many people, of course, have believed that the election of Donald Trump in 2016 was some type of example and indicator of divine favor being bestowed upon America. I would beg to differ. Now, I'm not saying that Donald Trump has not exhibited some very exemplary characteristics along the way. There are facets of his profile, his background, and his character that are admirable, especially against the backdrop of what today constitutes the political realm. And yet, while saying what I have just said in a positive sense about Donald Trump, let's be perfectly candid and honest. Donald Trump is a creature of this world system, very much so. Donald Trump, of course, was on the receiving end of a million dollars from his father, Fred Trump, who, by the way, Fred Trump is reported to have been a staunch anti-communist in his heyday, who was known to engage in fisticuffs on the streets, standing up to and fighting communists in New York City. But nevertheless, the Trump dynasty, the Trump family, was very, very much engulfed in and steeped in the dependency upon and the love of money. And, of course, Donald Trump himself was on the receiving end of a million dollars from his father. He was able to parlay that into a very notable real estate empire. Obviously, he is extremely innovative. I would probably agree with his own self-characterization of being a stable genius. There's no question. Donald Trump is a man of extraordinary capabilities. But at the same time, he's a man with exceedingly carnal appetites who has, over the course and the time of, of the evolution of his own circumstances, has been very readily disposed to avail himself of the things of this world to facilitate his own advancement. Donald Trump, of course, has been a big friend of the hip-hop community. Before his ascendancy to political power, he was very, very much fond upon and favored by this community, this musical genre, if you want to call it that, that, of course, even though it has strains of anti-establishment philosophy woven into it, it is nevertheless extremely vulgar, extremely decadent, extremely ungodly. And yet Donald Trump has been a big friend and supporter of the hip-hop community. Donald Trump, of course, also uh, is a celebrity. Had he not been a celebrity with shows such as The Apprentice and Celebrity Apprentice, I think it's safe to say that he would not have been able to ascend the rungs of the political ladder all the way to the presidency. His celebrity status was a major uh, factor in his political successes. The abilities that he cultivated and refined and burnished in the entertainment realm certainly made him the showman that he is today that that enables him to work a crowd the way he does. And he is masterful. Nobody can, can work a crowd like Donald Trump. And, of course, he has the larger-than-life charisma, in part because he is reported to be a billionaire. Now, of course, Donald Trump has fought tooth and nail to prevent the release of his tax returns. Many people believe that when those tax returns ultimately come to the light of day, that it will be revealed that Trump's empire is more a house of cards built on perpetual debt versus actual liquidity. But irrespective of of the nature of how the empire holds together or how it was built, one thing is undeniable. Donald Trump is larger than life. He is heavy laden with charisma. He is the indisputable master of the insult. He proved that during the Republican primaries when he out-insulted everybody on the stage and one by one picked off his opponents. Yes, Donald Trump is a man of rare capabilities, and again, a man of extraordinary giftedness and quite a number of admirable characteristics. But, as I'm pointing out, his ascent to power was a very worldly course, and even though he is reported to have never consumed alcohol, he has made his fortune in large part in the hospitality industry, casinos, and everything that goes with them, the gambling industry and all of the, the accoutrements that are associated with it, this is where his fortune has been derived. And of course, that's problematic. If you make your fortune through sinful industries and enterprises, then in a very real way, the wealth is ill-gotten, even though we have to acknowledge there is something that is being produced, unlike the overtly evil socialistic, communistic forces who create money out of thin air and, and don't create anything of value or, or of substance. Donald Trump certainly has, throughout his career, created a product, created something with value, with marketable potency and value. But again, the overriding characteristics of his persona are not what we would call biblically grounded and based. He has gone out of his way to, to be a friend to the so-called LGBTQ movement. Now that, of course, that string of letters stands for, I guess, lesbian, bisexual, Uh, gay, uh, transgender, and queer. And who knows what other letters of the alphabet they'll uh, affix to that in the days ahead. If there ever were an example of a society and civilization descending into total and complete insanity, it would be the LGBTQ movement in America. The LGBTQ movement in America, there is absolutely nothing redeeming within that. And it will be, mark my words, it will be utterly and totally consumed with the fire of divine judgment when all is said and done. There will be nothing left of the LGBTQ movement when God gets done meeting out judgment and justice. But Donald Trump has gone out of his way to be a friend to the LGBTQ movement in terms of, of being quick to express support for their rights. Now, to his credit, he did take steps to neutralize the T part of the LGBTQ movement, that being the transgender part, in the military. How utterly ridiculous, preposterous, and insane to desire to have transgenders in your military. But, of course, in the insanity that prevails and proliferates today, it is being increasingly required and even mandated that people with a straight face pretend that transgenderism somehow has merit or virtue or is somehow... Normal, or within the guidelines and confines of God's plan for his creation. Of course, nothing could be further from the truth. But again, Donald Trump, even though he has done what he did do relative to the military during his his administration to neutralize the influence or even the presence of transgenders in the military overall, He has been a friend of the LGBTQ movement. Of course, Donald Trump's history with women is somewhat well-established and well-known. And, of course, the good thing is is that he he likes women uh, versus his predecessor, who, of course, likes Big Mike, But Donald Trump definitely has had a philandering type history. Now, most men who wield power in our contemporary world, they have mistresses, they are womanizers. The Kennedys, of course, were legendary in this regard. And of course, Joe Kennedy, the father of JFK and RFK and Teddy Kennedy, Joe Kennedy, was legendary in that regard as well. He at one time had a couple of secretaries, I believe, one of whom was the mother of Jimmy Carter and another the mother of Bill Clinton. Well, we don't have time to go into that, but food for thought. Both Bill Clinton and Jimmy Carter, their official biography says their biological father died when they were mere babies, And their mothers were secretaries for Joe Kennedy. And they became governors of southern states and then became presidents of the United States. Interesting. But again, that womanizing phenomenon is not a hallmark of a righteous man, of a godly man. So, did God bless America with the election of Donald Trump? Was there not election dalliances and manipulations going on in 2016? Of course there were. Election manipulation and control and theft has been going on for a very long time. The Pat Buchanan candidacy in 1996 was fraught with election tampering and fraud and and theft. So 2016 of course, was an election that was being marshaled and being controlled by the same forces that controlled the 2020 election. And of course, it all just underscores that, that in reality, when all is said and done, when push comes to shove, the apparatus is in place and long has been in place to make whomever the desired candidate is become president. Is it possible that Donald Trump was allowed to quote-unquote win the election in 2016 because the enemy wanted a point-counterpoint type situation? Because they wanted what amounted to controlled opposition? We learned during the Trump presidency that the president isn't really running the country. Now anybody with common sense or room temperature IQ should have been able to figure that out. How in the world could one man run an enterprise with millions and millions of employees? And those employees, by the way, having a status in many cases where they couldn't even be fired. In other words, there could be no repercussions meted out against them if they were insubordinate or defiant. But it has been the the fond and cherished fantasy of Americans for my entire lifetime, easily, and I was born in 57. It has been a cherished fantasy of Americans that there is a man called the president who is running the country. And of course, people can either blame that man or they can exalt that man according to their own political sympathies, and they can look to that individual called the president as a potential would-be savior. FDR, of course, was elected repeatedly in his time because obviously then many people labored under the delusion that he somehow possessed the, the power to be a savior of a nation that was in dire peril. The Great Depression, World War II, Momentous and calamitous events very often accentuate the need and the desire psychologically of the people to be able to look toward and turn to a strongman type figure that they believe has the power to operate the levers of influence and control for the salvation of and the benefit of the public at large. And so people are willing to wink at the indiscretions of a man with the title of president if it seems that overall he is doing that which is good for the, the general state of affairs of the people and of the nation. And so again, it is not only likely, but it is pretty much cut and dried that this evil power structure has the ability to generate and render whatever outcome they so desire in elections in general, and especially in the presidential election. Now again, many people want to believe that God blessed America with the election of Trump in 2016. And in some ways he did, just by allowing it to happen, because no matter what the forces of evil purpose to do, God can thwart it anytime he so chooses. But again, yes, we have been blessed to some extent by Trump's ascendancy to the presidency in 2016 because he did do some good, profitable, and beneficial things, without a doubt. He did proceed to the extent that the one man occupying uh, the presidency can do. He did proceed to, to take steps that were good for business, And his mere election, of course, before he was ever sworn in, touched off a rally in the stock market as optimism and enthusiasm began to be exhibited on the part of people with common sense, people with business heads on their own shoulders who realized that the fate and the state of a people is going to be far better served if someone is in leadership who understands the principles of entrepreneurship, of free enterprise, of sound business fiscal policies versus the type of individual which all too often has ascended to political power in America, the type of individual who is socialistic, communistic, endeared to a big government mentality. Someone who, of course, views government like God, And of course, that's what liberals, socialists, communists, uh, atheists, people like that, they tend to view government like God because having rejected the true God and his truth, a vacuum is created and it must be filled by something because nature abhors a vacuum. And that vacuum will always be filled by the human enterprise that most resembles God. Government, of course, doesn't even remotely measure up to the vast powers and abilities of God Almighty. But in an earthly and human sense, government comes closest to that measuring stick because government seemingly is in possession of limitless wealth to dole out and bestow on whom it chooses. Government is seemingly all-powerful. they can summons the manpower of the nation and direct it against uh, any opposing force, very often obliterating it and destroying it just by the sheer overwhelming might and power that it possesses relative to wealth and munitions and manpower. And of course, government is the closest thing in the human realm to omniscience, especially with all of the metadata that is now stored routinely. Every detail is being categorized and amassed. It is the purpose of Google, uh, for instance, to become all-encompassing in terms of the, the amassing of information and data and statistics. And, of course, again, Edward Snowden, through his whistleblower activity, revealed, the, the very, very frightening perspective of a government run amok and out of control in terms of, of having become the epitome of the surveillance state, the technocratic dictatorship that we are now living under. And of course, Snowden became public enemy number one because of his revelatory actions concerning this criminal type surveillance of the American public. And make no mistake about it, that's what it is, it's criminal. Now again, Trump. We've digressed into talking about Trump because I think it's real important for people, especially people of faith, Christian people, who fancy themselves to be Bible students, it's important that they realize that the overwhelming likelihood is that the The highest echelons of conspiratorial power wanted Donald Trump in the Oval Office for four years to set the stage for what they're doing now. The Trump movement has created the ideal supposed body of information that is now being seized upon by the Department of Justice to prepare to wage domestic warfare against terrorism and insurrection and sedition, as they are framing it and referring to it as. Yes, were it not for Donald Trump's ascendancy to the presidency and the movement that he spearheaded and led, and ultimately led into a false flag type trap, Did Donald Trump know that he wasn't going to be speaking at the Capitol? Did he know that the stage was already being dismantled? Was he a part of the events of January 6th? The evidence would seem to suggest that. We certainly don't have the proverbial smoking gun, but if Donald Trump is taking orders from the powerful minions of hell who hold our nation and the world in their death grip, then when it comes right down to it, he will do whatever he is told. He will do that because, at the very least, he knows that his empire can be utterly obliterated. He knows that his loved ones are vulnerable to Deep state type tactics of assassination, even ultimately, in the worst case scenario. And by the way, this phenomenon of threatening someone's loved ones in order to manipulate them into doing what you want them to do is an age old phenomenon. It even is manifested in fiction, in famous stories such as the Prince and the Pauper, where the boy who is mistaken to be king, he actually, though he be a mere boy, a child, begins to try to stand up to his Lord Protector, his or the uncle, rather, of the real king, uh, who, of course, up until the end of the story, is actually living in the world of the the beggars and the, the very destitute people and is able to witness their plight and fate. And in this very simple, heartwarming story at the very end, because he has gained that perspective, he's able to do some good things. But in the meantime, while the plot is working its way out, the boy who is mistaken to be king, but of course his protector, the uncle of the real king, is exploiting the situation and is preparing to use him as a puppet uh, forever after, wanting him to be crowned, the boy actually tries to stand up to the wicked puppet master, would-be puppet master. And very quickly, the would-be puppet master reminds the boy of what can be done favorably or what can be done detrimentally to his mother and his relatives. And he very quickly capitulates and affixes his signature to the taxation edict that is being brought forth. Yes, this is an age-old tactic. It even is exhibited in fictional accounts like the one that I just referenced. And it goes on consistently in our political system today. Of course, also the threat of the assassin's bullet is very well known by the people of this world today, by political figures, people who who exercise power in this world. It is very well known by people that the assassin's bullet can take down a president, can take a president out, put him in a pine box. The crime can be completely swept under the rug and covered up. In perpetuity. And I'm speaking, of course, of another high profile conspiratorial event that happened in our relatively recent national history. I'm speaking of the assassination of JFK. There are probably a few people who genuinely and truly believe that Lee Harvey Oswald was the lone gunman that performed a feat that expert marksmen have not been able to replicate in the pulling off of the assassination of John Fitzgerald Kennedy as he rode in the motorcade in Dallas. And yet, to this day, the official record is that Lee Harvey Oswald was the lone gunman who killed JFK. The Warren Commission, of course, they came to this conclusion and that was the official verdict of the Kennedy assassination. And forever after, this underscored to any office holder in America, right up to the presidency, that the CIA and the black op deep state forces can whack a president with impunity. And of course, we were reminded of this during the Trump administration when people such as Senator Schumer and individuals such as former A CIA operative, Phil Mudd, now a commentator for liberal media, stated the imminent likelihood of tragedy befalling Donald Trump by virtue of the fact that he was standing up to and opposing the intelligence community. Nowhere in the Constitution is provision made for an intelligence community like what we have in America today. And even the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, is something that is extra-constitutional and should not even exist in its present form. And, of course, it has been proven in recent years just how utterly corrupt, from top to bottom, the FBI truly is. It is a secret police force domestically in America. Of course, now there is reckless abandon being exhibited on, on the part of the powers that be, in that military, CIA, all of the assets of government are now being, if not outright employed, the preparation is underway to employ them in the war that is to be prosecuted against the liberties and the freedoms and the prosperity of the American public. Yes, we are turning the corner into dire and calamitous circumstances of a nature that we have not known in our lifetime. And yet the scripture tells us that where sin abounds, there doth grace more abound. Yes, no matter how wicked, no matter how sinful, no matter how depraved those forces are who are operating the levers of power in our nation today. The grace of God, the truth of God, the light of that truth, the power of Jesus Christ is utterly and totally superior to the sum total cumulative power of Satan and his minions. But we must possess the key to unlock that power that is reserved for the righteous, for those who love and seek the truth. And that key, of course, is acquiescing to the will of God. Now, Donald Trump's ascendancy, in all likelihood, the overwhelming circumstantial evidence is that it was itself at the behest of the power structure. Remember, Donald Trump was refinanced multiple times. He was refinanced by the banking cartel, the evil satanic banking cartel, who has the ability to not finance uh, anybody that they want to not finance and thusly deprive resources and revenue from but they also can smile propitiously upon those whom they desire to fill the coffers of. And of course, such has been the case throughout the evolution of the career and history of Donald Trump. In timely fashion, he has received the infusions of wealth from the banking cartel. He has been refinanced, able to restructure his debt. And that has been a major centerpiece of his ability to build his multi-billion dollar empire. So that tells us something there because if these evil powers, and that's what they are, make no mistake about this either, the banking cartel of this world, they are evil. They are not righteous. They are not good. They are evil and they finance the agenda of evil. They finance both both sides of the wars that have been waged throughout the 20th century and even earlier than that, such as the, the war between the states. So Donald Trump was on the receiving end of their financial benevolence. Well, again, nothing will be hid. All of the dark and decrepit deeds that I am speaking of in this and in other broadcasts will be exposed categorically and completely in the days ahead by the God of Scripture. It will be done at the time of the culmination of the age, certainly in comprehensive form. But in the meantime, God works through his people to expose the wickedness, the criminality, the arch villainy of these people that runs amok and holds sway in our world today. Well, I want to give you the information that would be necessary if you Desire to communicate with us. You can either write to us at Post Office Box 274, Etowah, E-T-O-W-A-H, Tennessee, 37331. Again, that's P.O. Box 274, Etowah, E-T-O-W-A-H, Tennessee, 37331. Or you can call us at 423-241. Seven nine zero two, or you can email us at Voice of Liberty one seven seven six. That's voiceofliberty of Liberty one seven seven six at gmail.com. We welcome your communication. Look forward to hearing from you, if you so desire. It is incumbent upon the people of God and the times that we are living in, especially to seek out one another, those especially, those remnant type people, that proverbial 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal in the land. It is incumbent upon us to seek one another out that we might forge the bonds of brotherhood and that we might cooperate one with another in the days ahead toward the building of and the establishment of a work that God might see fit to pour out his blessings and his favor upon. Remember, there's no limit to what the God of Scripture can do. And there is no fixed timetable that says that it is inevitable that in the immediate offing that there should be the utter decimation and destruction of Western Christian civilization. We have dug ourselves into this own pit and by virtue of the miraculous power and benevolence of the god that we serve there is the possibility that we could be emancipated extricated and liberated from the debilitating circumstances that are threatening our destruction how would this happen well it would of necessity begin with the application of 2nd chronicles 7:14 which is that passage of scripture that says if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Yes, our land could be healed. With men it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Think about an utterly cancer-ridden human body. Cancer has metastasized. It has gotten to all the vital organs. It is in the the epidermis, in the, the flesh, the skin of the body. God is powerful enough to instantaneously, to snap his celestial fingers and instantaneously cause that cancer to be completely removed from the otherwise cancer-ridden human body, if he so chooses. Does anybody doubt that God Almighty has that kind of power? Well, if he could do that to a human body, he possesses the power and the sovereign control over every subatomic particle. If he could do that to a human body, could he not do that also to a nation? Yes, he could. Will he? Well, it's a long shot right now, because the callousness, the indifference of our people to righteousness and purity and holiness and truth, it is very, very accentuated at this present moment in time. And the odds don't look good as far as our future. It looks pretty solemn. It looks pretty grim. And yet, with God, all things are possible. So, Let us move forward with that foundational knowledge and understanding as well as that understanding that nothing will be hid in the days ahead. Our enemies are going to be exposed in fullness and it can happen in the here and now if God empowers us and blesses us with that ability. Until our next broadcast, this is Rick Tyler saying farewell and may God bless and protect and empower you in the coming days.
0: We need such preacher men today To show our people the way To redeem their lost liberty The fires of hell do not prevail Against one man who'll take a stand From the cold dead, expose tyranny And teach his people liberty Liberty to exercise all the God-given rights Right to the time of paper